It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. Las Vegas is coming back strong, and my guest is in the middle of it all, reporting on dining, entertainment, shopping, and all that Las Vegas has to offer. She's Melinda Sheckles, award-winning editor, writer, and content producer, and editorial director of OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com, which provides quick, snackable content for both locals and visitors and allows them to easily find information on all things Las Vegas. For everything about Melinda, go to OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com. And you could follow her on Twitter at Melinda S. Vegas and on Instagram at Melinda Shekels. And Melinda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ira. It's so great to be back together again, you and I. Yeah, it's been a while. So you are so busy. I was, we were talking before the show and you are in the, as I mentioned in my opening, you're in the middle of it all. How do you keep up the energy and how do you keep the, up the focus? Because that to me is the challenge. Yeah, well, you know, we had quite a break here this last year, so that certainly has been helpful in kind of resetting priorities and resetting energies. And, you know, I think that for so long, for someone like me that thrives off of news, for just having so many dry news weeks there for a while, it was refreshing in some respects to kind of re-engage and re-look at the city in different ways. So that definitely reinvigorated me. It was definitely, you know, nice to have somewhat normal hours. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in our world, we're, you know, 24-hour a day job, 24-hour a day city. And, you know, we were act- I was actually kind of, you know, starting to go to bed on a regular basis, which was nice. <laughs> Over the course of 12 months, that quickly obviously now has changed because the city is erupting, as I like to say, with, you know, exciting news. It's been nice to have that recharge now. And, you know, as much as I was able to get, but I got to tell you, it's, it's more busy than ever right now. It is funny because once we started going, it was incremental initially based on what the governor of Nevada stated would happen. And then now the momentum is building. And again, because you were in the middle of it all and you're in the middle of it again. And so do, are, do you have to, do you find yourself similar to an athlete that starts training again? Do you start to shorten your sleep hours? Do you start to do more exercise? Do you start to eat right? Or how does that work? Yeah, well, in theory, all of those things, but mostly <laughs> just shortening the sleep hours and not really doing anything to kind of counter, counterbalance it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm squeezing down to four or five hours a night now and trying to sneak in a cat nap here and there where I can. It's just there's so much good stuff happening. You know, I, I find myself, if I don't really stop myself, I could work. If I, if I didn't need sleep, I wouldn't do it, right? Because there's so <laughs> much to do in one day and so many exciting things. Can't I feel so bad about turning things down, but I do need to put together some sort of training regimen for journalists, maybe Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. I remember when I was really hectic in the early days, and you do enjoy it because, as you said, there's something going on all the time. And even back many, many years ago, there was something every night or several things every night, and there was an opening here and a show there and a restaurant here and a special event there, and you get caught up in it, and it really feeds. The adrenaline, I don't say it's addictive necessarily, but it is an exciting situation. And for listeners who say, 
well, then what, what are we all complaining about because lack of sleep, et cetera? Well, it's still work too, and that's the part. And you, you're a hard worker. How did you start? And then I want to get into on the strip and off the strip.com, but how did you start your career in Las Vegas? Well, I came for about 14 years ago this May, so I'll never forget. I moved. It was 2007. I moved on Memorial Day weekend. And of course, the market was so good at the time. And I came here to work on a magazine called Las Vegas Home and Design. So that was originally the publication I was recruited for. I was doing mostly shelter and residential um, editorial. It was a fantastic publication as part of the Greenspun Media Group family. And then quickly from there, you know, this was all, again, pre-recession, pre-housing market crash. So things were going still pretty good for for almost the first year. And then, of course, we headed into 2008 and things started to get a, get a little wonky, needless to say, in the residential market, which was our primary focus. At that time, I took over as editor of Vegas Magazine, and we were doing a number of the different in-room publications like Wynn and Venetian. And then, of course, the bottom kind of fell out of everything. So, you know, hit the, we hit the recession market and the world transformed. But I'll tell you, at the same time the world was going one way in the housing market and financial markets, the nightclub industry was taking off. So, uh, strangely enough, the Las Vegas nightclub industry was starting to skyrocket right around that time. And I ended up going to work for a publication called 944. And the primary focus of that magazine was nightlife, dining, entertainment, and really focused around a very aspirational market of, I would say, you know, 25 to 40 year olds. And that industry at that time was going bonkers. And it has obviously continued to excel and exceed expectations until 2020 when everything kind of fell out of that industry. But that was really kind of what my my biggest trajectory was, originally housing market and then transitioned to nightlife entertainment and dining. So you're getting more rounded as you go in terms of well-rounded, in terms of what you're covering. For sure. And more rounded because of all the food I started. (laughs) That was was a double. Yeah, that was definitely uh, the case. Um, You know, Vegas has a lot of wonderful meals to partake in. Um, So that was fun. And I I was thankful, you know, for every every single one of those pounds I gained. I definitely did not regret it at all. Um, And, you know, eventually had to go on, obviously, to, you know, adopt a much healthier lifestyle as I got older, because you didn't have the same genetics you did in your in your early 30s. Oh, no doubt about it. Sure. Exercise and eating right kind of keeps you going. No doubt about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. very funny. Exactly. And, and you keep expanding, too, in terms of your coverage. And we're going to talk about you joining and becoming a part of onthestrip.com and offthestrip.com in a couple of minutes. But I, I'm fascinated just about in terms of your background and how you, you became very active in Las Vegas early on. And as you said, even though the one industry went downhill in Las Vegas, another industry came up. And I think that that is kind of the way of Las Vegas. Somebody once interviewed me years ago, and I said, I always feel like I'm a surfer on a wave, and that wave is Las Vegas, and as the wave crashes onto the beach, I just grab another wave, and you always sort of coast on top of that wave and marvel at what Las Vegas has to offer and all the changes that it has to offer. That's the thing is that it's just, it's ever-evolving. There's never any off switch, and even when we shut off, I felt like there was no off switch, maybe for a week, 
And then it's, we, we band together. The community is very supportive. Um, it's very philanthropic. It is a very small world, as we all know. Everything, there's still a lot of things done by handshake. It's an old world. Sometimes versus, you know, meets new world corporate experience in a lot of a lot of ways. And Vegas just is, you know, it's always a free prize inside. Like, <laughs> That's like, true. For our listeners who are listening outside of Las Vegas, it is absolutely correct. Uh, it used to, as I'm fond of saying, it used to be you could reach everybody by one phone call. And now it takes two to three. So it's still right. not as bad as most cities, but it's a little bit more effort than it used to be. And it's a little bit more corporate than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Vegas is two degrees of separate, two to three degrees of separation. Right. 100% agree like that. But I would say even 14 years ago when I showed up, it was probably only one degree still then. And then, you know, obviously as corporations and new businesses have come in and, you know, not everybody is so hip to the Vegas way of doing things at first, but they... They learn, they either adapt or they leave. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I know. I remember some people coming into town and they would say, well, I don't like it here. I said, well, give it six months. And in six months, they either love it or they will leave town. And that's just the way it is. For kind of, sure. You know, that, is, that is always, you know, the adage, you know, super funny in that respect. Totally. When you travel and you do do travel a lot of times for coverage of various things, do you find that when you travel to another city, Las Vegas, and don't worry about the dog barking. I love it. Do you encounter people who always will ask you about Las Vegas? Always. I mean, I always find that Vegas is the, the, the best character at the dinner party, right? Vegas is the number one person that you find that everybody wants to talk about Las Vegas, essentially, when you're at a dinner or at a room. And when I'm traveling around, the topic of conversation is always, what is it like to live in Vegas? And you know that people are infinitely interested in the city because of the way that Vegas has been represented in television and movies. And it's part of everyone's, you know, mind, pop, pop culture purview, in essence. So everyone has some sort of relationship with Vegas, whether they've been here or not, because they've seen it somewhere. Yes, and, you, you could travel globally or on a cruise and it doesn't matter. You're, it's not even six degrees of separation. There's no separation between you and Las Vegas when you travel. Correct. There is no. And it, it, as soon as you say, I'm from Vegas, everyone <laughs> right. wants to know. Everybody wants to know what it's like to live there. Do you live on, the, obviously, the, you know, the old fashion quite, do you live on the strip, uh, right. you know, right. and what is it like? Do you know anybody in the mafia? Or does the mafia live on the strip? You know, that, that could be too. Combined does the, the mafia live on the strip? Is yeah, another yeah. one. Well, you know, in some instances. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just overall, what? why do you live in Vegas? Are you from there? You know, it's always the, the, the things that we joke about, but it's true. I mean, they're all, all the cliches are true. You know, oh, Here's a challenging question. If you received an offer for a publication, a television station, because you do, you're multimedia, so, or, or even an online situation, but it's in another city. Would you immediately say yes? Would you immediately say no? Or would you think about it? You know, I can never imagine Las Vegas not being my primary home. I actually was faced with that choice in 2019, where I started working on a magazine here in Las Vegas, a project called Sophisticated Living. I was working on a magazine here in Las Vegas. And then the owner of the magazine asked me if I'd like to take over her Chicago edition as well. And I did that for some time. So I was going back and forth. I would be splitting my time between Vegas and Chicago. I loved it. My view was on a Vegas lifestyle is Vegas is always really great when paired with an additional thing too. Like, because you need, Vegas is so intense and so in high intensity, especially as a journalist. 
that it's nice also too to kind of see outside of the box. So then you can appreciate back what's inside the box too. So I find that the best answer for me to that is I would always entertain something in another city as well, but I have to keep one foot, one toe, the big toe in the Vegas pond because it is you know, such a natural fit for everything that I've done over the last 14, 15 years. I just really couldn't imagine life without it, you know, in some capacity. It sounds like it's the base of your energy. So you can certainly work in another market, but you still have to have that energy from the Las Vegas feeding that. Yeah. And I've always, you know, since my first trip here, when I was nine years old, I remembered how exciting I thought it was. We talked about it. My grandparents brought me here. We talked about it for months and months and months before we came And it was also my first plane flight, which, you know, was a very special thing. Obviously, now I, you know, travel all of the time and traveling is the most important thing in the world to me. So, you know, I think that Vegas has always been, I have such an amazing, you know, sense memory of what Vegas meant to me as a child. And then also to now as an adult, it just has always seemed like it's been the most natural fit for me to be here and definitely a source of, of tremendous energy for me. That's a great analogy, tying it in with your childhood memories of coming out here for the first time. When you knew you were going to come out here to work all those years ago, did it fill you with that excitement immediately because you made that connection? Immediately. And my parents were living here, you know, and had lived here for quite some time at that time. So I was coming frequently and would visit and, you know, do the whole weekend thing, stay at their house or stay on the strip. And it was always so exciting. There's nothing more exciting, even after 14 years of living here, that I say that flying into Las Vegas on a Friday night with the entire desert world, you know, the lights in the sky at, at, uh, at dusk and seeing the city filled with possibilities and excitement of what that means for a Friday night. And, and it is, there's no more remarkable feeling than that. And I try to book sometimes my flights coming in on Friday nights, so I can always re-engage and feel that feeling over and over again because it is so electric. And then I always say there's nothing quite as, you know, daunting as leaving Las Vegas <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on a Sunday morning or afternoon or evening, you know, you always wonder, okay, when you're leaving, then how do you feel about it? So there's yeah. definitely a roller coaster of emotions no, there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about your newest venture. My guest, Melinda Shekels, is an award-winning editor, writer, and content producer and editorial director of OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com, which provides quick, snackable content for both locals and visitors and allows them to easily find information on all things Las Vegas. For everything about Melinda, go to OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com and follow her on Twitter at Melinda S. Vegas and on Instagram at Belinda Shekels. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. Are you struggling with housing issues, mounting bills, or other legal issues? Legal Aid Center of Southern Nevada offers free legal assistance in many areas, including free classes and ask a lawyer consultations. Go to our website for more information, including how to apply for services. Visit www.lacsn.org. Now, let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. 
Welcome back. I'm talking with Melinda Shekels, award-winning editor, writer, and content producer, and editorial director of OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com, which provides quick, snackable content for both locals and visitors and allows them to easily find information on all things Las Vegas. For everything about Melinda, go to OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com, and you can follow her on Twitter at Melinda S. Vegas and on Instagram at Melinda Shekels. And Melinda, tell us about OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com because it is a little bit different than most other kinds of entertainment websites and or television stations and or radio shows and or everything else. Yeah, well, we pride ourselves really on being one of Las Vegas's first digital news sources all the way around, like digitally native news sources. You know, a lot of the a lot of the publications I worked for in the past were primarily print publications and we would always have websites and such. But, you know, with onthestrip.com and offthestrip.com, we are truly digitally native. And that means that obviously we exist in the digital space. So everything that we do is digital from the website to social media to video, you know, and, and I love that because it was, you know, print I also love print. Don't get me wrong. I made, you know, amazing career in print for many, many years. And I do think that there is still wonderful publications out there. But as we all know, print became much harder. There were higher overheads from a business perspective, and it became much more difficult for publishers to make money with a print product because digital advertising became so quantifiable and you can, you know, get instant reaction, instant traction, and instant gratification with digital content. So we've shifted, the world changes, we get it. But how do you continue to still be a journalist with integrity that covers the subjects you love? And I've been very fortunate to be able to do that with onthestrip.com and offthestrip.com. The founder, Jenna Nye, brilliant woman, she uh, approached me almost a year ago now and her primary side of the business was tech. So she had developed a, you know, this, this website off the strip.com primarily as a business directory. And her, you know, her, her specialty was really search. So figuring out ways for businesses to get good search and get good traction with the web audience. At that time, the site didn't really have a lot of content on it and wasn't primarily a content resource. Pandemic happens. She has to change her business model like a lot of people did. We partnered up and we, we started to work on this incredible content plan, bring some of the fun things that I, I did as editor of Vegas 7 back in the day to this website, things that people miss. I mean, people tell me all the time, you know, we really miss when you used to do the fashion babies or, you know, we loved it when you would do Secret Life of Pets, Las Vegas Pets. So we're able to bring a lot of those features back. We've added new features. We just really like to cover everything that's going on in Las Vegas. And we do it, I will tell you, taking a page out of BuzzFeed. So BuzzFeed was a major inspiration for the site. And we really looked at BuzzFeed as the king of content, the king of fun, exciting things that you can either tune out or tune into. You know, people love taking quizzes and polls. So we really kind of use that as inspiration have a lot of also to those BuzzFeed style features on our site, but then also made it focused on the great city of Las Vegas. So I think all the way around, it's something truly unique. And it's been an amazingly fun project to work on the last almost year now. What I like about it too is it, it is bifurcated. So it's on the strip.com and then off the strip.com. And I would imagine it would be surprising to some of our listeners, but 
I think a lot of out-of-towners would also go to offthestrip.com to get a sense of what's going on away from the Strip as opposed to just on the Strip. So I like the way that you have the two different websites separated in terms of content and obviously the focus, and it gives people both in town and out of town a way to see what's happening on the exciting Strip, but also a lot of interesting stuff happening off the Strip. Yeah, that's the thing is that when we started this project, and, and this was always the question that got raised to us, are you local or are you for tourists? And in this era, I mean, especially in COVID, we only had locals for a long time to feed content to or to write for, right? So that changed the dynamic too, because, you know, with every other publication I ever worked for, we tried to speak to both audiences. Now I also say we are pivoting back to being for locals and lovers. That's what I call it. <laughs> locals and lovers of Las Vegas. And I'll tell you, social media has definitely changed the way that tourists look at Las Vegas. Nobody wants to go to the places that they think are just, you know, where everybody's going, right? We want to know the hidden gems. We want to find the hole in the walls. We want to find the local boutiques and restaurants. And we're able to do that now because social media has created an incredible connected environment where you can look at really what goes on in a city and feel like you know the people there. So for me, when I travel to other places, I look at local influencers to see where they're going. I want to know what they're doing. I don't necessarily want to know where, where a guidebook would take me, right? So we provide that perspective for Las Vegas. And we think that we speak to, like I said, both the lovers and the locals. Because who doesn't love Las Vegas? Everybody does. Yes. And also, too, I think what people look for is authentic experiences. And if they just go by a guidebook, they're not necessarily going to get that. They're just going to get the touristy stuff. But if they go, for example, on offthestrip.com, they could see what's happening in a little corner of Henderson or in downtown Las Vegas or in Summerlin, et cetera. So that's, I think, the, the great part of it is that it has that ability to offer something that you won't get in a typical guidebook to Las Vegas or any city that has this kind of a setup. For certain. And that is really something that we just absolutely love about our sites. And it was, it was funny because Off The Strip existed, offthestrip.com had existed for three years and Jenna had really worked on that site and put all of her blood, sweat and tears into it. And then one day in a meeting, I come up with, well, who owns onthestrip.com? And, she's, and this is August. I'll never forget the meeting. She goes, funny, you should say that. I do too. And I said, well, I mean, there's only really, there's no question in my mind. They are a package. They're a duo. You know, Absolutely. They can't, you yeah. can't separate yep. them. Yeah, so, exactly so you right. you cannot separate them at all. No, no, that's great. Now, because of the immense content, you have that curated content on both sites. Okay, I hate to say this, but do you get even an hour of sleep at this point? I know you said you cut back to four <laughs> or five hours, but now I'm thinking, okay, with everything else you do, now we've got on the strip and off the strip and the insatiable appetite of all kinds of activities that go on and events that go on and shows that go on and restaurant openings, et cetera. So that, how do you get that hour of sleep in even? I mean, you have to- Well, you know, it becomes, it's a very good question. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes because of the challenge, it's like, okay, as a human, I need to sleep. But do I want to sleep? No, I'd rather keep going because there's just so much to do. Like, no, but you have to, you know, I have to carve out that time, obviously, you know, and, and by the end, I'll tell you by the end of the week now, I do, I do end up power sleeping, you know, on the weekends. I try not to set an alarm, try not to be up early and really try not to plan anything on Saturdays and Sundays unless it's something very loose and fun. Because I do have to catch up on life too. You know, there is a life out there 
other than just these websites. It's just work. Although it is so much fun. I can't, I can't complain. Wait a minute. Are you telling me you are now starting to be wise and gaining all this wisdom that there is a life beyond (laughs) the editorial world? Is that what you're telling me? Several wise, very wise people have told me that. And I do indeed know that there is another life out there, obviously, you know, and it's nice to have that life two days a week or try to carve out as much time to have that life. But, you know, then I always get sucked back in. So what can I say? It's an addiction. It really is. Las Vegas is is a fabulous and amazing place to do what I do, to be a journalist. You know, it's just, it never ends. And you do have to have that passion and enthusiasm because to do what you do, or anybody that's involved in journalism in Las Vegas at the level that you're at, you have to have that passion and and interest and enthusiasm because otherwise it would be not just painful, but exhausting. Correct. And that's the thing is that you have to have that balance. You definitely have to have that balance and the enthusiasm too. You have to, you just have to, you know, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. When you, put on, <laughs> when you put on your journalism hat and you're looking at the future, the immediate future of Las Vegas, obviously we've had our challenges during COVID. We're now starting to ramp up, as we talked about in the beginning of our conversation. From your practiced, seasoned, professional viewpoint, will we come roaring back to the levels we were before COVID? Will we exceed it? What do you think will happen? I think that we will. And I think we're going to exceed it. I mean, I think that Vegas bounces back. We've always been an amazing city at being able to bounce back and have a new chapter, have a new act. You know, Vegas is, is uh, more than a five act play, you know, (laughs) the seven act play, definitely. And Vegas is the next chapter is always the best chapter for this city. So we've definitely seen in the past, Through times of adversity, we've come back even bigger and better than ever because we do have that incredible sense of showmanship in everything that we do, and we will come back. And it's going to be even, you know, the Roaring Twenties will be just that. We will definitely get that era. We are also known for our private-public partnerships that help a lot of the infrastructure move forward as well. Do you, yeah, we're very fortunate in that respect. Very, very fortunate. I want to go back to something you said earlier, and because I think it ties in, and it's a great way to, to end it too. And that is, you mentioned you started out writing about housing and that, that went downhill. And then, of course, the nightclubs came up and that changed your beat. And it also obviously contributed to the economy. Do you see, looking ahead for the future, one or more of the sectors that we've talked about that you cover, whether it's restaurants, dining, retail, et cetera, do you see one dominating over the other? Do you think entertainment's going to get slower to come back or restaurants, wheel dining or retail? How do you see that? No, I mean, I think the local restaurants have been incredibly fortunate to really stay in business. You know, we, we haven't had a lot of small, of small business closures, thank goodness, in terms of dining and restaurants. We certainly have had some, but we haven't had a lot. And I think the community is very, very supportive of our small businesses and local businesses now. I think that the biggest thing, it will continue to be sports and live events, 100%. I think that's the, that is sports and the, the, the evolving nature of our sports landscape from the Raiders, the Golden Knights, possibly an MLB team, possibly an NBA team, the Madison Square Garden Sphere more new theaters, more residencies, more architectural wonders. It's all about live events. And that is really what this next era is going to, to, to showcase. I mean, we've only just begun. We haven't even had a season, you know, in our right, stadium yet. Right. So, so that's really the core sports tourism, as I, I like to call it. 
is the now era and the next era of Vegas. Before I let you go, your favorite, this is going to be a challenge, your favorite Las Vegas experience to date. Oh, without a doubt, the opening of the Cosmopolitan in 2010. That was a remarkable experience because we had come out of a very long and sad two years. We were still in the recession. And we, I mean, the opening of the Cosmopolitan signified so much incredible hope for the city. It was such a star-studded event. It felt like it went on forever. It was an amazing New Year's Eve party, one of the best parties I've ever been to. More celebrities than I've ever seen in my life in one place. And it was really, truly everything that I think of as Vegas as being at its very finest and best. So I'm super excited for Resorts World, I think, and I'm hoping that Resorts World will be that for this era, and it has all the marks of, of being so. So I think we have a lot to look forward to. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Melinda Shekels, award-winning editor, writer, and content producer and editorial director of OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com, which provides quick, snackable content for both locals and visitors and allows them to easily find information on all things Las Vegas. For everything about Melinda, go to OnTheStrip.com and OffTheStrip.com, and you can follow her on Twitter at Melinda S. Vegas and on Instagram at Melinda Shekels. Melinda, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, as always, Ira. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah,